Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. It has been a while. Um, I want to apologize for not making an episode in like over a month. I'll be honest, I just haven't really been motivated to make an episode. Um, there's just been like, I guess, a lot going on with me and I just haven't prioritized it. And I don't know. That's not really fair to my listeners and... I really want to get back on it. Um, So I will start making, you know, weekly episodes again um, every Saturday. Except for today, I'm posting one just because I haven't posted one so long. So I think two in one week is fine. (laughs) But um, yeah, I really just want to get back on this because I really do enjoy it. I don't know what happened. I just like, I don't know. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be unmotivated. So here I am. Um, But anyways, with that said... I'll get into the episode. Um, This episode is on body dysmorphia. Um, I think this is very important to talk about. I say this in every podcast. I'm like, this is very important to talk about. But it is, in my opinion. I think, like, I don't really hear about body dysmorphia really that much at all. And I think it's something that is really serious and should be paid a lot of, like, given a lot of attention And at least in my experience, like, I didn't even know I dealt with this um, for the longest time. I don't know if that's the same for other people, but in my experience, it's very, it was very easy for me to, like, shut this kind of down and, like, act like it never happened and, like, not even notice that it's there and... Um, even though, like, when I knew, when I realized, like, oh, yeah, I have this, like, it was really hard to deal with, but, like, I'm glad I figured out that I had it because the only way I guess I can really heal from it and make progress is if I know what the, what the issue is, so I guess, yeah, I, I, this episode I am hoping to help others maybe discover if they have this or if they do have it, um, have advice, um, and there's others maybe just to learn about what it is. Um, like, I've, yeah, I say the same thing in every episode, but it's <laughs> that's my main goal of every episode. Um, so let me just get right into it, I guess. So um, body dysmorphia can be a disorder where someone can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in their appearance. Um, it could be a flaw that appears minors or can't even be seen by others, but it's very noticeable to the person. They can feel you know, embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious. And yeah, like you can just feel very like a lot of guilt and shame with it. Um, the person can like intensely focus on their appearance and body image, um, like repeatedly checking in the mirror or grooming, seeking reassurance. There's a lot of um, symptoms that come with it that I will explain more in a minute. Um, like I said, it just causes a lot of distress and can impact someone's ability to function in your daily life. Um, I think, I mean, something that it could be, you know, like, confused with is, like, a lot of people are insecure about their appearance. I think that's, like, you know, as stressful as it is, it's, like, 
it's a it's a common you know thing for people to go through in their life like there will most likely be a part of you that maybe you feel insecure about or you don't really love or you think looks you know a way that you don't want it to look like that is common and I'm not saying that that isn't stressful like it really doesn't feel good to have a part of your body um that you don't like it it's it's really difficult um but I think like the difference with um body dysmorphia is they like really like they focus on this flaw like for hours a day like it is so much more intense um and they get really stuck on it and you can't really like fix it that easily um because you have that mindset um that it's flawed or it's wrong and a quick fix isn't really going to do much because it's more than just what you're looking at it's a mental disorder so at least in my experience if you try to fix your flaw you're still gonna find a flaw somewhere else or you're gonna find another reason why that part of your body isn't good enough that you changed or fixed um and they like it's difficult to explain because like we can't control our negative thoughts um and like we don't believe people when they tell us we look fine that is something that I experience a lot is like it's very nice of people to be like oh no you look amazing like don't worry like you aren't blank you don't look like blank but like it really doesn't matter um because it like it's just what we believe words don't really fix it and sometimes even having comments on your appearance even if it's a good comment on your appearance can be triggering as well and i'm not saying that people who make those comments are intending to do that um most of them mean well but it's just good awareness to know like any body comments just aren't helpful most of the time with body dysmorphia and um which I found very interesting, kind of overall ties into my podcast. Um, Body dysmorphia has relation to both OCD and eating disorders, um, which I both have been, like, covering in this podcast. Um, It's similar to OCD um, because OCD is, you know, the process of having reoccurring and distressing thoughts, fears, or images that someone can't really control. And the anxiety is produced by these thoughts that lead to, um, like, a ritual or a compulsion. And with body dysmorphia, the person's preoccupation with the defect that they see often leads to ritualistic behaviors. Maybe looking in the mirror or picking at the skin. So the person becomes like so obsessed with the defect that their like social and functioning lifestyle suffers, which relates to OCD because OCD, you know, whether it's about contamination or about perfection, you often, you know, you focus on something and you just do behaviors to fix it or feel better about it, which you can do about your body dysmorphia as well. I'm not saying that everybody with body dysmorphia has OCD or everybody with OCD has body dysmorphia. Um, they're just related a little bit and like it is 
common for people to have both, but I'm not saying that everybody has both. Same with eating disorders. Someone with an eating disorder isn't always going to have body dysmorphia. Even though it is fairly common, it doesn't mean you have to have it. Same with body dysmorphia. You don't have to have an eating disorder if you have body dysmorphia. Um, But the way that it relates to an eating disorder um, is kind of, you know, they both involve a concern with body image. And, like, a person with an eating disorder worries about weight and the shape of their body, while a person with body dysmorphia is more concerned about a specific body part. And I completely, like, confuse these, I will admit. Like, I I have an eating disorder, and I also have body dysmorphia. And I've always thought, oh, body dysmorphia is because of my eating disorder, like, I know it has to do with it, um, but I honestly don't know if my body dysmorphia caused my eating disorder or if my eating disorder caused body dysmorphia. Like, I really don't know, and that's something I want to figure out, but I um, I get really confused because, I mean, there is a specific, there is a specific part of my body that, like, I focus on the most, which is body dysmorphia, I guess, but I also very distressed about my overall body which is more about you know body image so I get them very confused I think they're very similar but I think I suffer from both which gets me kind of confused and I mix them together but I'm realizing through the research I did that they're two separate things um which I could come back to in future episodes when I learn more but I found that very interesting um but I do think they're very similar and they can be often confused um So, like, what I've also found out with body dysmorphia is dieting actually can be a feature of body dysmorphia. Um, But eating and weight are not usually, like, disturbed that much. Um, Which kind of just goes on how it's not necessarily the same as an eating disorder. And how somebody with body dysmorphia, like, their weight and their eating might not be affected at all. Meaning that they're not always going to have an eating disorder if they have body dysmorphia. But it can happen. But not always. Um, And individuals with eating disorders commonly suffer from body dysmorphia. Um, Sorry, I'm like confusing myself. I don't know if I should say body dysmorphia or body image because I feel like they're different things. But I think somebody with an eating disorder can have both body image and or body dysmorphia um it's you know body dysmorphia displaying an overly negative body image or self-esteem it is not uncommon for a person with an eating disorder um to obsess over their physical appearance and engage in extreme dieting or exercise behaviors or compare their appearance with others yeah uh, I relate a lot, and at the end of this podcast episode, I will discuss more about my experience, um, because, yeah, I, I relate a lot to that statement, um, characteristics and symptoms, um, with body dysmorphia is people, you know, like I've said, find um certain faults in their body and some of the common you know parts of their body that they find faults with 
um, can be skin imperfections, including like wrinkles, scars, acne, and blemishes. It can be hair, um, head or body hair or absence of hair. It can be facial features, um, the nose um, or the shape and size of any body feature and their body weight, um, obsessing about their weight or their muscle tone. Um, like I said, sorry, I'm closing my, um, like I said, it doesn't have to be all of those. Maybe it's just one of those, or maybe it is all of them. It doesn't mean you have body dysmorphia worse or you don't have it at all. Like, any of these are very serious and very impactful to one's everyday life. Um, Some of the symptoms or, like, things that somebody with body dysmorphia will do is they can be extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that to others can't be seen or appears minor um yeah it's so hard oh my gosh it's so hard to explain like why we see it so dramatically um I like I totally get it from somebody who like doesn't have body dysmorphia and looks at me like I can totally understand why they're like you look fine like you look great like what are you worried about but it's just like so hard to explain how like but when I look at myself I see something totally different, which confuses me as well, because I'm like, why do I see something completely different? Like, I know this is wrong, but it it just, it, <laughs> it just is, it is, it is, it's just what I see. Um, so when people tell me, like, you look great, like, you're not quote-unquote fat, like, that's, I don't know, that's a really triggering word, um, but... That's something I tell myself a lot with my body dysmorphia. And they're like, you look fine, you're, you look skinny, or you look whatever. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I, I, I don't see it. Um, and it doesn't really help, because no matter what, like I said earlier, no matter what people say, you know, I'm still going to see what I see. Um, and it's not just really going to go away. It really is, like, up to you to kind of fix I think your beliefs like somebody else reassuring you that you look fine isn't really going to fix anything because that's just reassurance and I've learned from my experience that reassurance doesn't really do anything it honestly makes it worse um another you know another symptom is a strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that makes you ugly or deformed so yeah a lot of you know body dysmorphia is you're not happy with what you see the defect that you see which might not even be a defect, but you think that it is, and you think it makes you a bad person or unworthy or disgusting or whatever. That thing you see, it's normally not a positive thing you see, or else you would feel good. You feel bad because it's something that you think makes you flawed or think makes you unvaluable. Um, And another one is um, a belief that Others take special notice of your appearance in a negative way or mock you, which, wow, yeah, it's really hard because you think you look like something that other people don't see. So when, let's say you're out in public or maybe you're with somebody, it's very hard to not think like, what do they see? Do they see me looking this way? Do they think I'm ugly? Do they think I'm disgusting? Like, that's in my mind a lot too. And like, 
it's hard because you think you're going to get judged and it's really hard to want to interact with people or be around people when you think that they're gonna notice your imperfections and think badly of you um i say i'm a lot i'm deeply sorry uh here i said it again okay um sorry um (laughs) okay people can engage in behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding the perceived flaw that they're difficult to resist or control uh yeah that's where i kind of like come combine it with eating disorders because eating disorders have a lot to do with engaging in behaviors um but it doesn't have to be sorry i don't know why i said that it doesn't have to be Um, It can be, like, grooming or picking the skin, which is not an eating disorder. But it can also tie into eating disorder behaviors of restriction or exercise to hopefully overall change your body. Um, But it can also be about fixing specific parts of your body. Um, Another is to try and attempt to hide the flaws that you see with, like, makeup or clothes. Yes. (laughs) i relate (laughs) i like i don't know i i feel i do feel very insecure like about like marks on my body i suffer from skin picking disorder i mean like i've never been diagnosed but like i do it all the time i know i have it and like i can't stop doing it but i still end up feeling awful about like the marks i put on my face so i do like to wear makeup to cover that up i never really knew that was dysmorphia though but I guess it is. Um, and I also really relate to the clothes piece, which I will discuss more because I tie that with my eating disorder as well. Um, constantly comparing your appearance with others. Yeah. Um, frequently seeking reassurance about your appearance from others. Having perfectionist tendencies. Seeking cosmetic procedures with little satisfaction. Avoiding social situations. Engaging in repetitive and time-consuming behaviors. Already kind of, you know, said that. Um, Repeatedly measuring or touching the perceived effect. Um, Experiencing problems at work or at school or in relationships due to the inability to stop focusing on that defect. Feeling self-conscious and not wanting to go out in public or feeling anxious when around other people. And repeatedly consulting with medical specialists, such as plastic surgeons or dermatologists, to find ways to improve their appearance. So some, you know, those, there's probably much, much more, but those are just the ones that I either experience or I hear about the most. Um, So, yeah, there's just a lot. (laughs) There's a lot that goes into it. Um, And it might not make sense to some of you listening, maybe if you don't you know, experience this, and that's totally okay, um, those are just some of what we go through, um, yeah, um, now I will discuss how it develops, um, it's commonly, it commonly begins in adolescence, mainly at the time when people are most sensitive about their appearance, um, I mean, in my experience, I started thinking about my appearance and maybe, yeah, like about middle school, sixth grade. Um, 
I don't know if that's the same age for others, but I think the teenage years is a big time when you think about your appearance. You know, like, well, others like me. Do I look good? Um, I want to look cool. And I never really, like, like, in the moment, I never thought any of it had to do with, like, dysmorphia. But looking back, I mean, yeah, I wasn't really satisfied with my appearance in school, middle school, I was always thinking I looked bad or people would think I looked bad. And, you know, I don't know what that contributed to like my eating disorder. I really don't know. That's something I still need to discover within myself. But like knowing this fact, I guess, helps me kind of think about it. Um, Another way it could develop is if a person has like a genetic predisposition to the condition which emerges after they are exposed to certain life stressors. Maybe it's bullying or abuse. Um, So somebody, yeah, could have trauma that triggers, you know, insecurity or just unsatisfaction with something, a part of your body. Um, Body dysmorphia is also related to low self-esteem. And a tendency to just judge oneself according to appearance. A person may have like false beliefs linking to their defect and their appearance to their worth as a person. Which is really hard. Like it's just really hard. Me reading this, I'm like feeling bad for myself, but like also really bad for others, just because like I totally understand how hard this is to go through. Like it's so exhausting and time-consuming like I just want to give you so much love right now if you deal with this like I feel you and you're not alone and this is so difficult to deal with but I believe in you I'm I'm trying to get through it myself it's really hard um but I have hope um sorry I like lost my spot um it's not really like known like exactly one thing that causes body dysmorphia um but it's like you know many other mental conditions it can result from like uh family history of it um or abnormalities in the brain or you know negative experiences about your body or self-image um maybe even like um Oh, sorry. I am. Don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I lost my spot. Um. Yeah, I can. It has a lot of ways that it could be caused, and it's okay to not know what caused it. I'm still in the process of figuring out, like, why the heck did I develop this? Um, it's a process, and it takes time. But and it's totally okay if you never figure out what caused it. Um, that's something that, like, I learned in therapy is, like, I was always so, like, what caused this? Why do I have OCD? Why do I have an eating disorder? But that's not, I mean, yes, figuring out why is, it is helpful, because then you can kind of go back to that moment and kind of, like, re-heal, or you can heal yourself from that. But it's not like, oh, if I don't know what caused this, I'm not going to recover. Like, no, you don't have to know. You can still make progress and change and recover without knowing specifically what did it. Um, Now I will discuss um, how it is treated. Um, So 
one of the things I found online is that SSRI antidepressants can help as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, which I've discussed in other episodes because CBT is like used in so many things, even OCD. Like I, I've done it, um, and I hear about it a lot, but, um, the main goal of cognitive behavioral therapy is to, you know, identify the thoughts you're having, evaluate them, and then generate alternative thoughts to kind of just shift your thinking, to retrain what you believe and kind of evaluate, like, why do I believe this? Is this true? Well, what can I say that is more accurate or more healthy? Um, there's also exposure response prevention, um, which is, you know, I've explained it in episodes about OCD because I think, I mean, it is very common with OCD, but as well as, you know, body dysmorphia, the overall goal is to basically expose yourself to your fear. Um, And you try your hardest to not do whatever compensatory or ritual or like behavior that you want to do to fix it. Um, It's totally normal to do a behavior after you expose yourself. It's like part of the process. Um, I'll use my OCD as an example. One I do a lot is I'll resist washing my hands after I do something that I really want to wash my hands with. And there are several times where I'm not successful and I'll go and wash my hands. And that's part of the process. It is hard. I I try not to beat myself up over it because I'm like, okay, I just couldn't do it that time. Let me start with something smaller. Um, So with this, it's totally okay to end up doing what you're doing. You can just learn from it. Um, You can't do amazing the first time. Like maybe you can't do amazing at all. Like there, I don't know, looking at it, I always look at it black and white. I'm like, I have to do amazing at this goal. And you really don't have to. As long as you're trying, I you know eventually you'll get to where you want to be. Um, and, geez, I just like went off. Where did I even go? <laughs> I like lost track. Um, but like the goal is to eventually not do, like for me, it'd be to not wash my hands and you know, hopefully just not wash it, um, at all, um, when I have that urge, so with body dysmorphia, it can be maybe, like, looking at yourself in the mirror, that could be an exposure to a fear, or maybe being in public without wearing makeup, just something that, you know, stresses you out in regards to your appearance or your body, and you just try to do that fear, and it's totally okay to be stressed, that's, I mean, Sadly, that's, like, the point. Like, you're probably like, well, why would you guys want me to be stressed? That's just mean. Why would you put me in a stressful situation? Um, I wondered that for a long time. I'm like, you don't want me to wash my hands when I am, like, freaking out? What's wrong with you guys? But, like, it really is the way to just retrain the way you react and you think. Because the more you do it, the more you trust the evidence that you're okay. Um, And then you eventually, you know, kind of trust that. And you're like okay, I think I'm going to be okay. I think that this is okay to experience and I still love myself or I still trust the world and I still believe I'm safe. Um, another thing I found online was this thing called perceptual retraining, which is to like address disordered body image perceptions and help the patients learn to engage in healthier behaviors. 
um, kind of similar, I think, to CBT. It's just like, what do you, what's, what's your belief and what behavior are you doing? Okay, let's learn how to do a healthier behavior. Um, another thing that I actually did learn in my own therapy, as, um, as well as, like, reading online, it says, like, um, a cool tool is for, like, a therapist to guide the patient in describing their whole body. Um, it can be in front of a mirror, or if that's too triggering, it can be in front of the therapist, maybe even on your own. Um, and instead of judging, you're, like, using judgment, judgmental language, saying, like, oh, my legs are huge. Um, while you're doing the retraining, you can describe yourself more objectively. Maybe say, there's a small bump on the bridge of my nose, rather than saying my nose is huge and crooked. Um, I mean, I haven't experienced, like, this exact thing, but, like, I've learned in my treatment program um, for eating disorders is, like, to just, like, address your body with neutral statements instead of saying, like, oh, like I was just saying a second ago, like, my thighs are huge. Like, that's a thought I have a lot, but it's important to retrain your thought right after and just say like something just neutral about your body like okay these are my thighs I guess um that one's kind of hard I mean the nose one is like helpful because like you acknowledge you know like oh there's a bump on my nose you're not saying that the bump is disgusting or it's wrong you're just acknowledging that it's there um which I think is helpful um I'm still working on it myself um, but I, I, I will go back to body neutral statements, um, when I talk about my advice on this, because it really, it really has helped. Um, it takes a while, but it really has helped. Um, and now I will discuss my experience with body dysmorphia. Um, so where do I even start, dude? Um, I didn't know I had body dysmorphia until, like, September, October of this year, so it's only been, like, two, three months that, like, I've known I've had this. I think I've had this for at least a few years. I just never knew. And it was never at the severity as it is now. Um, but I know I had a lot of thoughts about my appearance as, a like, a child. Not super young, but middle school is, like, I guess when it started... And it never really, like, disrupted my everyday life too much. I just had the typical thoughts of, like, oh, I'm not pretty. Um, I don't like, like, there were parts of my body I didn't like. Like, I didn't like my teeth. And I didn't like my face very much. And a part of my body I never liked was my stomach. Like, I remember never liking my stomach. Um, well, actually, no. I don't remember having any negative thoughts about my stomach and tell about middle school um but they weren't like I don't know like looking back they feel like they were nothing compared to what it is now um so it's very easy for me to downplay it because I'm like oh it was nothing compared to what I experienced now like right now is really hard that was nothing um like it wasn't like I wasn't like um what's it called focusing on my stomach 24 7 I just like had occasional times when I was like oh, I don't like that. Like, I would look in the mirror before, let's say, like, I took a shower. I'd be like, oh, my stomach's big. And I never really, like, 
it didn't really affect me that much because I was just like, okay, like I didn't really care. Like I was like, okay, I would rather have a flatter stomach than this, but like I think it's fine. Like I was like okay with it, I guess. I, but I think deep down I wasn't. That's the thing. Like I think I thought I was okay with it. I didn't think I knew enough about body dysmorphia or even eating disorders alone to really know. Like this is not a good thought. And like I kind of just thought that was normal. Like okay. I don't like this part of my body that's normal like like that's okay whatever um and I think that probably did contribute to my eating disorder behaviors or my disordered eating that developed in like middle school even though consciously I did not know and it's still really hard for me because I don't know I really don't know if that has a connection but like thinking about it I think it does in a way but I never consciously was like I don't like my stomach so I'm gonna do this I didn't even think about my stomach when I was developing my disordered eating, but I think subconsciously it could have affected me because I do have the memories of not being satisfied with it. Um, and um, I remember it like got worse when I got in high school. Like I'm a junior right now, but I remember freshman year is when I started to like look more often it was never a daily thing it was very occasionally I would look at myself in the mirror normally like before I got in the shower just because naturally I do and I I always have because there's a mirror like right outside of my shower um but I started doing it and I would think like oh I'm fat like instead of being like my stomach's big it started to just become I'm fat which is a very black and white thinking and it's at least in my experience a very common thought to have (laughs) um and I basically like I remember like I'm not trying to call out my mom like I love like my mom's my mom um uh (laughs) sorry uh but um like I like I don't think she consciously meant to like I don't know, who knows, maybe she, I don't know, I'm just saying she pretty much downplayed, um, the situation, because I remember one, like, there were times when I was, like, with my mom, and I would say, like, I'm so fat, like, look at my, like, I remember being in the bathroom, um, and just being, like, look, mom, look how fat my stomach is, do you see this, and she would just say, like, no, you're not, like, you're so skinny, Emma, don't worry, and I don't think my mom, knew at the time like wow that's body dysmorphia and that could lead to an eating disorder like who knows maybe she did but I like to believe that she didn't know that um and I don't think she like meant to like give me reassurance hoping to haha make it worse but I think she just thought like oh no Emma you look great let me just tell you you look great um but I just remember like having those thoughts and even telling a parent, and I know I said it for reassurance, like, I got reassurance from my mom in a lot of aspects of my life, and I know that's why I said it to my mom, because I knew she would tell me that I looked great, but it never really fixed anything, it helped me feel like, okay, others don't look at me like that, the way I see myself, but I still do, um, and, like, at the time, I thought that was no big deal. I was like, oh, it's fine, whatever. Because it didn't affect me so much to the point where, like, I 
I mean, oh my gosh, I don't know because I did develop an eating disorder. So, like, I can't say it didn't give me an eating disorder, but, like, I didn't, it's so hard to explain, like, I don't know. I didn't, like, consciously say, like, okay, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. I'm going to stop eating. Like, I didn't consciously do that. I think it just slowly developed. Um, Like, I just don't have any memory of being, like, I want to shrink my stomach. Like, I never had any memory of wanting to change my body because of it. I just wasn't satisfied with it. And um, I also, I mean... I started I I started um recovery from my eating disorder in September. So it's been a few months and like a lot of things have kind of like opened up to my eyes. Like I realized a lot of things including my body dysmorphia because for the longest time in my dis- my eating disorder, I was like, "Oh, I don't care. Like my body's fine. I'm not even worried about my body at all." Like I'm just worried about the food. I don't even care about my body because when I was in my disorder, I wasn't really that focused on my body. I mean, I was, but I just didn't know I was. (laughs) I don't know if this makes sense. But what I realized in recovery so far is, like, I was never happy with my body. I never liked it. I never felt, like, super, super confident. But since I was doing eating disorder behaviors, it kind of, I think it kind of just, like, kept that dysmorphia just in place from, like, exploding. Because I... I know I was never, like, satisfied, but I was okay. Like, I wish I looked skinnier or smaller. I know I did in my eating disorder, but nothing like I do now. Like, it's just hard because right now it's so bad that looking back, I'm like, I didn't even have this before. When I really think I did, it just feels like it was nothing compared to now, if that makes sense. But I know, like, I did not like my body. Like, I know that that was a thing I had um and I think but I think you know doing the behaviors like I felt confident in my body like I know I really wasn't or else I wouldn't have been doing what I was doing but I think I kind of convinced myself and I think I still am in a way convincing myself because I'm like oh it was fine I wasn't thinking about my body then um like I am now I'm sorry I keep comparing it to now but like it's just such a dramatic change that's happened from in my disorder versus now, um, that it just feels so different, and it's hard for me to even know if I had dysmorphia or how I had it before, because I know I didn't have it like this when I was in my disorder, and like I was saying, um, since I was doing these behaviors, it satisfied me. I was like, okay, I look good because I did this. I engaged in this behavior, so I'm skinnier now. I fix. I'm fixing this flaw. Um, and I was never satisfied with it or else, you know, that's the point of eating disorders is like, no matter how skinny you get or how much weight you lose, you're never going to be satisfied because that's the thing with body dysmorphia is what you see isn't actually what you see. So when you look in the mirror and maybe you're severely underweight, you'll, you might see that you're fat. Like it's really like, it's so false. That's why eating disorders are so tricky because, you're never going to be good enough in your eating disorder's eyes. You're always going to be whatever flaw it tells you. And um, so for me, I think, yeah, I felt like, oh, yeah, I love my body. Um, But I really didn't. I think I just told myself that. And when I started recovery, 
you know, I had to give up my eating disorder behaviors and I had to, you know, do like the scariest thing, which is eating. And I couldn't do my compensatory behaviors. And a really hard thing about recovery, even though it's necessary, is dealing with your body changing. And that is something that I've been dealing with. And it's very hard. And that's when I realized, like, I have body dysmorphia. Because I think since I've given up my behaviors, um, since I'm not giving myself that security and that satisfaction and that comfort of controlling my body or making up for something I did um, and, like, reminding myself, like, oh, my body looks great because I did X, Y, Z. That's why the dysmorphia kind of came out when I started recovery because it's like I'm having all these negative thoughts because I can't comfort myself with it anymore. And I can't um, change my body. My, I mean, my body is changing, but not on my will. Like, I would like to change it in a different way. Well, not me. My eating disorder would like to change it in a different way. But I can't because I'm in recovery and I'm recovering. So I think with the dysmorphia like I don't know it's so hard to explain um like with my body changing it's just like I look at it very dysmorphic um I'm not like okay my body's changing like this is healthy I look like a healthy body I see it completely as a flaw I see it as awful I see it as disgusting and I think that's very common in recovery and just in eating disorders in general like you just have such a negative view of yourself and your body and it's really hard um for me I'm gonna I have I've been talking about eating disorders um in this podcast um along you know with the body dysmorphia just because it's what I've experienced and for me like I don't know just like it's so difficult to explain what goes on in my head. I I typically think about my stomach um, and my thighs the most and my chest. Um, mainly my stomach. Like, that's been it for a while. Even before I knew I had an eating disorder, I had thoughts about my stomach, like I said. Um, and it's really hard to like go through recovery with such a negative body image because all I want to do is fix it all I want to do is get the body that I want that makes me feel happy um and it's hard to want like I want to recover from my eating disorder like I don't want disordered eating I want to be out of this but I just can't handle having this body um which is obviously a very big piece of recovery. It's something you have to work through is to accept your body for what it is. Because no, there isn't a good body. There's no such thing as the perfect body, a body that's more important or more worthy. Like I know all bodies fit. And I'm just really trying to tell myself that because, you know, that's a big part of recovery. And something that's like very weird, which I go through with eating disorder, other eating disorder um things as well along with body dysmorphia is like I look at someone else and I'm like oh no I love them like I love them for them like I wouldn't say anything negative about them but when it's me oh yeah 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 like something that I've had said to me before which I think is it's like it's okay to think this but it's very not true um I want to clear is like someone people have told me like 
oh, do you think, like, big people are unworthy? Or do you not like overweight people? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not it. It's for myself. Like, I don't look at somebody um, and think, like, oh, they're disgusting. And, oh, my gosh. I, oh, my God. They're awful. Like, I don't do that. I don't judge anybody based on their body. And I don't think any people with body dysmorphia really do um but it's just ourselves like it's ourselves that we focus on it's not other people um that we judge it's ourselves um and like it's just like really hard to explain like how you never are satisfied with yourself because i like i body check all the time like that's something i do daily um, I need to work on that. I'm trying, but it's something I do all the time. And the thing is, is like, I'm never satisfied with it, which is what I'm trying to tell myself is like, why do I do this? Um, because I do it either in hopes to just somehow see that my body somehow shrunk, even though it never does. And I also do it so my eating disorder can get reassurance that I'm disgusting and that recovery isn't a good option because look at what's happening to my body. Um, it's just another way for me to feel sorry about myself um, and to for me to like tell myself like I'm making the wrong decision that I should go back to my eating disorder because I'm fat. Um, and I know like I know I'm not like that's the, so hard is because I tell myself like I'm like I know I'm not fat like that's just what the eating disorder labels me as but it's so hard not to think that way and that's why dysmorphia is so hard is because like my definition of fat like i don't know i don't know like it's (sighs) and like (laughs) sorry i feel like i'm making no sense right now i'm really sorry and i'm sorry if i'm triggering anyone like i just realized i'm probably using harsh words um, I'm really sorry. Um, I'll try to watch myself, but, like, I just, it's just, there's no way of being satisfied. And I've realized, like, because I've had the thoughts, like, okay, I should just go back to my eating disorder and I will feel better. But I know, like, if I went back to my eating disorder and I did get smaller, I would still not be satisfied. That's the thing. I wouldn't be satisfied. I'd still think I looked big or whatever it is that I think I am. And... I would just keep shrinking myself um, until I was satisfied. But the thing is, is you're never satisfied, which is why it's so tricky. And that's why, like, I'm like, I know I can't go back. Because the only way out of this is to just love my body for what it is, which is very hard to do. Um, But I believe I can get there someday. Um, Yeah. um, What else was I going to say? Um... I guess I was also kind of wanted to go over, yeah, like, some of the behaviors I do with it. Like, I said I body check all the time in the mirror. Um, It's very time-consuming, and it's very annoying. Like, I've been okay at, like, stopping myself because I know, like, it doesn't do anything good for me. But it's just really hard. Like, it's just something I want to do all the time. Like I said, both for some hope that I shrunk somehow and I'll feel good. Or just, yeah, to just remind myself of how disgusting I am. Uh, Another thing I do a lot is I wear, like, certain clothes. Um, Like, I've... I wear 
sweatpants or I wear leggings or hoodies or baggy shirts, like things that make me feel comfortable, which is hard for me to know if this is like avoidance or if this is a good thing to do. Like, I don't want to wear clothes that make me uncomfortable. Like, I don't think anybody should do that. But at the same time, like, I've literally changed my fashion sense to accommodate my body and how I feel in it. Um, which I don't, I mean, ideally, I wish I could just wear whatever I want. Like, I miss jeans. I love jeans. I miss my tank tops. Um, but they make me feel awful. So, like, why would I wear it, you know? So, I like to wear clothes that don't feel tight on me. That I don't have to feel my body being uncomfortable. And I don't have to see my body. Um, even though I look in the mirror. That makes no sense. I don't want to see my body. So, I wear clothes to not see my body. But then I also just look in the mirror. (laughs) Okay, I'm realizing how, like, weird that is. Okay, um... And also so others don't see my body too. Like, I'm very insecure about that. I wasn't at first, but now I am. I'm like, oh no, they're going to see me and think I'm fat or think I'm gross. Uh, And another thing that's really tricky with dysmorphia is pictures. Oh my gosh, pictures suck. Um, For me, it's typically my body. I'm okay with like my neck and up. Um, but for a lot of people, it could be their face. It could be any part of their body. Um, I hate pictures. I never really cared before, but now I do just because I have a negative body image. And, like, I didn't really realize I did until I had, like, a family Christmas photo. Um, my family is probably listening right now. Don't feel bad. Um, because if I didn't do it, that would have been an avoidance. And I wasn't going to let my body dysmorphia ruin the family photo. Like, that's fun, Okay. I want to look back and know that I was in a photo in my Christmas photo this year. Like, I don't want to know I wasn't in it because of my stupid eating disorder. But so I'm glad I did it. But it was still like it's a stressful experience. And that's when I realized like, oh, I don't like pictures because we took the pictures. And like, oh, my God, I can't believe it makes me so sad. Like the entire picture, I was just sucking in my stomach the whole time. Because I was like, they can't see my stomach. Like, it's huge. They can't see it. They can't see it. Like, I have to suck in so I look small. I look skinny. I don't look fat. (laughs) Oh, my God. My gosh. I never really acknowledged this until now, which is making me really sad. Um, Which is more motivation to recover. Um, But, like, then we looked at the photos afterwards, and you just see yourself looking awful. Like, I saw myself, and I was like, no, we can't send this to people. I don't want anyone seeing this. And I bet somebody else looked at it, they wouldn't even suspect a thing. But me, I see something completely different. Um, So photos can be very triggering. Um, Mainly because you don't want other other people to see what what you look like. And because photos can also be very fake and very altered. Like, I've learned that with social media. Is a lot of photos, you know, are photoshopped. Because, yeah, social media and, like, comparison also is very, very, very difficult with body dysmorphia. It is something that I go through all the time. Like, I'll look at other people's body and be like, oh, my gosh, I want that body. I want that body. Why don't I have that body? She's so lucky. What did she do? Um, like, it's very common. And I do it daily. So, it's it's stressful. Um, and same thing with social media is people post, like... So many photos of them at the beach in their bathing suits and their perfect bodies. And it's like, oh my gosh. Like, like I don't know. I'm not going to be selfish and be like, how dare you post that? Because, like, good for them. Good for them that they're body confident. Like, I really love that for people. But it sucks to look at when you aren't. 
And, like, I'm not going to blame that on them. It's me. So I choose to, like, unfollow those people, which I think is very important to do. Um, Because then you, I don't know, it's just very easy to get stuck in that trap of comparing yourself to people who look perfect and have your ideal body. But I also like to keep in mind that people Photoshop a lot. I'm not saying everybody does, but it is a common thing to do is to photoshop yourself and make yourself look a certain way and it's also like i realize i can't really like make a judgment on this person like she has the perfect body she's so lucky like who knows maybe she has an eating disorder as well and like not i'm not saying everybody who has like a good body i mean sorry i can't say good body because there is no such thing as a good body everybody is good like uh, what am i saying sorry i'm trying to stop myself um the perfect body in my eyes, I'll say. I'm not saying that person has to have an eating disorder, but it's important to keep in mind, like, how they get like that. Like, you know, maybe it's not a healthy way. And also just to acknowledge, like, why is that perfect? Why isn't my... I mean, there's no such thing as perfect, but why isn't my body good like that? Why isn't my body as worthy as that? It's something I like to ask myself, and it's really hard to come down to what it is. I'm still working on it. But I think it's an important thing to kind of think about um, yeah, I'm, like, running out of time, so I want to kind of just go over some of the things that help me with my body dysmorphia. Um, I still suffer with it a lot. I'm not cured, but these things help me get through every day, you know. Um, one thing I really like is affirmations. And affirmations can be, like, very tricky at first. They can be very hard to believe. You could think, like, why would I ever believe this? Like, why am I saying this? Because I don't believe it. Which is how I felt for a while. And I still don't believe, like, every affirmation. Like, it's really hard um, to just, like... It's hard to receive affirmations as well when you really don't like yourself. Um, It's hard to, like, take a compliment because you're like, what? (laughs) Uh, That's not true. But I keep reading myself affirmations, mainly about my body and, like, they don't cure me. I'm not like, oh, great, I love my body now. Woohoo. But it helps me kind of just like break the cycle of the negative thoughts I'm having. And I'm like, okay, like, my body is my body. Like, it kind of helps me stop and kind of think, like, okay, well, what else can I say? Why am I saying these negative things? And something that I've also realized in recovery is. At first, I was like, oh, body love. I gotta love my body right now. Okay, my body is perfect. My body is amazing. I love my body. That doesn't really work that well. I mean, I'm hoping eventually I can get to a place where I can say, I love my body. But it takes a while to get there, and I'm not there yet. And I realized that saying those things in the beginning was, like, very unrealistic, and it felt very weird, and it wasn't easy for me to believe. So something that I love are body neutral statements where instead of trying to like convince yourself to just like love your body when you can't, um, it's good to kind of just acknowledge your body rather than say what's so amazing about it. More just acknowledge like my body is my body. My body is deserving. No, I don't know if that's positive. (laughs) I'm confused. Like I have one on my bathroom mirror that I really like. It's like my body. This is my body. My body is a body. Uh, my body is innocent. I'm grateful to have a body. My body is capable of so much. Like, kind of just acknowledging your body. And it really helps. Like, it's hard to believe, you know. It doesn't get rid of my negative thoughts completely. Like, I still get them. But it helps me, like I said, kind of just be like, 
okay, like, this is just a body. Like, it's a body. It's my body. Do I really want to say this about my body right now? Um, and what I do a lot of times is, well, one thing I did was I covered my be. Oh, my God, sorry. My nose just got really clogged. Um, I covered my mirror. You can cover it with anything, a towel, a poster. I covered it with affirmations um, because, you know, if I ever want to go body check, I'll just go right in front of my mirror and be like, oh, shoot, I can't. And instead, I'll read something positive. And at first, I'm like, darn it, I didn't want to read that. I wanted to look at my body. But I realized right after, I'm like, okay, that's much healthier. Um, So I really recommend covering your mirror if you body check a lot. And... Something that's also difficult is that was my mirror in my room, but I share a bathroom, you know, with like my siblings, so I can't just cover the entire bathroom mirror. So there I go, body checking in that bathroom. Um, but what I did to at least help is I put that body neutral sign on my mirror. So when I'm body checking or if I'm about to do it, I can stop myself and just read that. And a lot of times it does help. I'll stop and I'll be like, okay, I don't need to check right now. Like my body's my body. It's just, it's innocent. It's my body. And it really helps. Um, another thing that I learned in my program is to, you can either think about it or take a picture, but like think of yourself when you were like a little girl and you can print out a photo of you. Maybe you were very little and put it in your mirror or put it on your bed somewhere where you'll see it. Or you don't even have to have a picture. You can just imagine yourself, but to imagine like talking to yourself when you were like a little girl. Like, would you tell yourself what you're telling yourself right now? Like, would you say that you're disgusting or whatever it is going on in your head to that little five-year-old version of you? Um, Which has really helped me because I, like, think of myself and I'm like, she's just a little girl. Like, why would I tell her that? Like, I don't want her to deal with this. I want her to be happy. And it's like, wait, that's me. (laughs) And I think, like, well, I I, I think my five-year-old self deserves love and a... And acceptance of her body why don't I think my 16 year old self deserves that and it kind of puts things in perspective like I'm still me I'm just older what's the difference like I know I like you know trauma and mistakes and like that's why uh, what I tell myself but like I'm still me um, I'm still that little girl just older if that makes sense that one is helpful um another one um the last one I have is um, put old clothes away. I don't know, like, if this is a behavior. I'm still in the process of it. Like, my therapist has, like, in- like encouraged me to, which I- makes me think it's a good thing to do. But at the same time, thinking about it, I'm like, is that avoidance? But I, like, put a bunch of clothes in my garage where I won't see them of, like, triggering clothes that make me feel really insecure or make me overwhelmed. Like, I just got rid of them. I mean, they're not gone, gone, which I think if I really did get rid of them, it would make me feel well. But I keep telling myself, like, no, I'll fit into these clothes eventually, so let me keep them. Because, like, I like them. They're cute. (laughs) Um, But I'm not really pressuring myself. I'm like, okay, I can't fit in them right now, and that's okay. Um, I'm not desiring to, like, go back to them. I'm happy with the clothes I have right now. But I think kind of just getting rid of the triggering clothes, being like, I don't need you, um, is really helpful. And I'm out of time. 
I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. I think I threw so much information and I spoke really fast. So I really appreciate it if you stuck to the end. And I hope you understood me. Um, And it means so much to me that you listened. And I really hope this helped because I know how hard this is. But I believe in you and you're not alone. And I love you. And I will see you next Saturday or this Saturday. Okay.